0: Have you ever been in the midst of planning something and seemingly out of nowhere, God changed things up on you? The truth is, God's plans sometimes interrupt our plans. We simply need to obey Him and learn to readjust our thinking. Think of Joseph. God's great plan for the coming of Israel's Messiah created some real challenges for Joseph. But this godly man's character was up for the challenge. Stay tuned to learn more.
1: To the average person on the street, the mention of Joseph's name in relation to the birth of Jesus uh, usually brings out feelings of of pity, you know the poor guy who got engaged to the girl he loved and he planned to get married and have children and expand his carpentry business and wham out of left field comes news that's going to turn his world upside down. There will never be a wedding. Have you ever thought about that for either Joseph or Mary? You know the average person uh, thinks of Joseph as a man who's who's barely willing to participate in this terrible development that's deeply confusing. He's now thrust into the spotlight of human history for a brief moment and, and then he's gone. Have you ever noticed the typical nativity play at Christmas time? A little boy portraying Joseph comes out on stage he's you know probably leading a couple of kids dressed up like a donkey, and Joseph you know knocks on the innkeeper's door and asks, "Is there any room?" And then he he might have a couple lines in the stable, and that's about it. The truth is, Joseph was an incredibly faithful, godly man. He actually embraced the incarnation of Jesus Christ with his entire life. He's, frankly, an, an overlooked model of humility and integrity. He's worth a closer look in our wisdom journey together. Now, if Mary and Joseph were the typical ages of young people who got married in the first century Jewish community, Joseph would have been around 18 uh, to 20 years of age, and Mary would have been around uh, 16 or 17 years of age. By the way, don't ever think that God can't use young people to accomplish great things for his name. Well, the next events that occur chronologically, and that's how we're studying the Gospels together, that'll take us now to Matthew chapter 1. And verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now listen, supernatural though it was, to understand the devastating blow of Mary's pregnancy to Joseph, we've got to understand something about the three stages of a a typical Jewish wedding. Engagement was the first setting, and it was actually arranged by the parents while the children were typically younger. parents in that day normally picked the spouses of their children. The older I get, the better of an idea that seems to me. Well, the young people typically didn't meet until the second stage, which was called betrothal or kudushin, now, this stage lasted a year. That gave time for the groom to build a house. He, he actually, or typically, built onto his father's house. And during this time, the bride was preparing and collecting the things that she would need uh, to become a homemaker. Now, during Kiddushin, the couple were legally married, but they didn't live together. Uh, the only way out of a betrothal was death or divorce. In fact, had Joseph died during the betrothal period, Mary would have, would have been considered a widow in those days. Now, of course, sexual purity during this betrothal time was absolutely expected. Well, Joseph is anticipating the third and final stage called the chuppah. That's the actual wedding ceremony. The ceremony would have involved several days of feasting and celebrating uh, the goodness of God in establishing another household of faith in the Jewish community. At the completion of the wedding cere- uh, celebration, uh, the groom would take his bride uh, to his house. Now, try to understand the devastation of Joseph here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Let me read it again. She was found to be with child. Well, Joseph knows this child isn't his. He's taken aback by what this must mean about the girl he thought he knew. I mean, what is he supposed to do now? Well, verse 19 tells us, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Notice the, the reminder here of Joseph and Mary's legally binding relationship. Joseph is called her husband. So infidelity during the betrothal period was actually considered adultery. We're also told here that Joseph was a just man. That is, he he wants to do the right thing. If Mary is guilty of adultery, it would be perfectly proper for him to make a public accusation and, and put an end to their betrothal. But Joseph also loves Mary. So he's he's deciding here to quietly break off the betrothal period without any public shame or humiliation for Mary, even though a public charge now would have vindicated his own reputation. Let me tell you, Joseph is surrendering here his personal pride. But Joseph's going to have to surrender more than his pride. He's also going to have to surrender his privacy, verse 20 tells us. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, with this announcement of a supernatural conception, Joseph knows, he knows he's about to be thrust into the public spotlight He had planned to put all this aside quietly, you know, privately. But now that Mary has miraculously conceived through this mysterious work of the Holy Spirit, this this long-awaited Messiah of Israel, and Joseph is about to become the earthly father to him, well, goodbye to a quiet life. I mean, think about it. Shortly after his adopted son's birth, Angels are going to light up the sky announcing him. Shepherds are, are going to unexpectedly show up to see the baby. Wise men from Persia will arrive to worship him. And Joseph and Mary are, are soon going to have to run for their lives as Herod tries to find him, this baby who's been given Herod's favorite title, King of the Jews. Joseph couldn't have imagined any of this, but he at least knows at this moment that raising the Messiah is going to pull him from the shadows of of obscurity, if he obeys this angel's message from God and takes a pregnant fiance to become his wife, effectively skipping the wedding ceremony, well he knows his life will never be the same again there There's a high cost to his obedience here he has to sacrifice his pride and his privacy. You know, I wonder, beloved, uh, what God might be asking you to surrender today for the sake of his son. Well, now, Joseph, he actually surrenders one more thing. I'll call it his personal priorities. In verse 21, the angel tells Joseph, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Well, the birth of this child the angel says, is a a fulfillment of that great prophecy from Isaiah that the virgin will conceive and bear a son, Isaiah 7.14. So God is calling Joseph to exchange his priorities, namely a typical marriage, a typical home and career for God's priorities. There's a baby who's going to need a father, and not just any baby, the Messiah. Now, as we dive a little deeper into this scene and into the life of Joseph, uh, two things stand out to me. First, surrendering to God is going to require some changes in our lives. Now, we don't know exactly what they might be because we can't see around the corner, and the Christian life is full of corners, isn't it? Well, secondly, surrendering our life to God doesn't require experience, just obedience. Think about it. How many giants did little David kill before he stood in front of Goliath? Well, none. How many messiahs had Joseph raised before kneeling over that that manger in Bethlehem? None. Beloved, God isn't looking for people with experience. He's looking for people with willingness, readiness. And let me tell you the most significant moment here in Matthew chapter 1, at least in the life of this man, Joseph. Well, it's recorded here in verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. <laughs> wow. He did it. He did it. Joseph obeyed the Lord. Just, just don't forget, it's going to crush his pride. It's going to cost him a quiet life. And it's going to entirely change his priorities. The typical expected wedding and the celebration never happened. Well, Joseph's response to God was essentially to say the same thing that his adopted son, Jesus, will one day say to his father. Not my will, but yours be done. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: I'm glad you were able to join us today. This lesson is called The Wedding That Never Happened. Your teacher in this series through the Bible is Stephen Davy. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. You can learn more about us if you visit our website, which is wisdomonline.org. Once you go there, you'll be able to access the complete library of Stephen's Bible teaching ministry. Do that today, then join us back here next time as we continue the wisdom journey.